Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and I have the honor every single week to talk to some of the most amazing people about ways that we can grow our speaking businesses. So thank you so much for being part of the Speakernomics community and listening to this podcast. Make sure you go tell all your speaker friends they never want to miss an episode of Speakernomics, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. And today our guest is Jane Jenkins Herlong, CSP, CPAE. Yes, Jane is a member of the Speaker Hall of Fame. Hey, Jane, welcome to Speakernomics. Thank you, Tom. I love Speakernomics. Everybody should be listening. <laughs> well, thank awesome. you. Not well, just this one, all the other ones. Well, thank you so much. Today, we are going to talk about getting hired to speak using books. So, Jane, what are your two tips for our audience on how to use books to get booked to speak? First, Tom, write the book. Write it. <laughs> Secondly, you have to find that person who is interested in the decision-making process and bring you in. And that takes work and it's granular, but it does work. Awesome. Well, we're going to have some fun talking about books and how we can use them to get more business. But for those of you who don't know Jane Jenkins Herlong, as I said, she is a CSP and a CPAE, and she is the author of five books, so she knows exactly what she's talking about. She is a Southern humorist who uses original stories to try to get people to tap into the best version of themselves. And she wants them to do this, and she helps them do this through encouragement, hope, and humor. And I'll tell you what, her new book came out last week and it's called Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South. And I bet there's a little bit of humor, a little bit of encouragement and a whole lot of hope in that book, isn't there, Jane? It's sassy too. It's very, very sassy. And it's sacred, sacred Southern stories that are sassy. Nice. I nice. But it's really, and it's with a traditional publisher, but they've been awesome. Tyndall House out of Chicago. They've been awesome to work with. So, you know, I, I made the decision, Tom, a long time ago in the Larry Wingate School of How to Do Things. You remember Larry, don't you? Oh, Larry's awesome. Sure. Oh, gosh, he was the best. But he said something very profound at one of our meetings. He said, if you got a book, you got a speech. If you got a speech, you got a book. And I think we can stretch that a little bit in today's world and say, if you got a book, you probably have a podcast, a webinar, an online learning system. Uh, you have a keynote, you have a breakout, you have a virtual program, you have a multimedia project. Everything 
everything should be funneled to the theme of that book. And it gives you a whole lot of traction when you can get so focused on your message, your delivery, and to whom would like to hear your message. I think that I think that is awesome. And I will tell you that I have written several books and I will say that while I haven't written one in a long time, I've just started the preliminary pieces of writing a new book. And I'm kind of excited after like eight years having not written a book because early on in my career, my books were the best marketing tool that I had, which leads me to want to dive into your tips for our audience. Your first tip was get on it, write that book. Now we've heard for, I mean, I've been part of this business for 15 years and much longer than that. We've always heard you should have a book. However, I know because I've written a bunch of them, writing a book is hard. So when you say get on it, write the book, I mean, that's great advice, but what do you do for the person who who has an idea for a book and, and can't take action? How do we actually write it? Well, you can actually hire that out. They're ghostwriters and they can help you write the book. There are several NSA people that are really great at that. Um, I always think that you have to have someone else's eyes on your book. And I did that. I hired someone with my quirky sense of humor and he added so much more fun and value. And some of the stories just got deep and rich and I just love him. So I'll never not do that. But another super important thing is the grammar. You have to have a copy editor and a grammatical editor that goes by the Bible of Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but they all refer to this book. It's like the American standard of English grammar and literature or something like that. And they, they are religious with that. No typos. Oh dear Gussie, no typos that kills a book. It makes you look non-credible and it's hard to find them. But so going back to getting booked with books, make it excellent. And here's a really good tip, Tom, you've already got a book, repurpose it, relaunch it. You know, get a different cover. Um, you know, we all, Amazon is what my publisher calls the big one. And make sure that little graphic, that thumbnail pops. And it's just a super good look for you. And so that's the beginning of attracting your tribe. Attract that tribe. And they will be your cheerleaders, but make it excellent. So let's go back to your first book. How long ago did you write your first book? What was that process like? And then how was that different from this book that came out last week with with the process? I, I know having written several, the process changes and you learn and grow. So where did you start with the first book? I started with Larry Wingett's guy out of like, something like Great Plains, somewhere out west, the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. He told me it was a great book. I said, hush up. I couldn't believe it was a good book um, because, I mean, I got an F in writing in college. So that was special. So, um, I, in fact, when I, the book came out, I had the opportunity to hand it to my professor <laughs> who gave me the F. Thank so, you, Dr. Broom. <laughs> so, you know, I think I think a lot of people in our industry have stories like that where somebody, you know, yeah. kind of told you you weren't a good writer. When I was in eighth grade, I wanted to be a writer. Now, I wanted to be a fiction writer. I love the idea of telling stories and writing fiction. And I was in the advanced math program that I had gotten into. I'm sorry, not a math, advanced English program that I had gotten into when I was like in sixth grade. And when I was in, it was either eighth or ninth grade, the English teacher, I said I wanted to be a writer. And she looked at me and said, your grammar and spelling are atrocious. You will never make it as a writer. Find a new dream. 
and I gave and I gave up writing in high school because I thought I wasn't a good writer. And I look back and think, oh, Mrs. Nicolaitis, you had no idea that they would invent spell check and that you can hire people to double check your grammar. So as it turned out, I never should have abandoned that dream of writing fiction. Uh, but now I've written 12 books. And so I always, every time I write a book, yeah, I always think about the teacher who told me I, I, I wouldn't succeed writing the book. But in addition to hiring somebody, how do you start the process of figuring out what you want to say? How do you get that that book from a, from an idea to an outline to a book? Well, the first thing I did, my very first book was called Bare Feet to High Heels. You don't have to be a beauty queen to be a beautiful person. And that subtitle came from the brilliant Jeffrey Gittimer, who was on a flight with me leaving a, an NSA conference out in L.A. And uh, so I wrote it from the experience of my world. I was in the Miss America pageant. I was Miss South Carolina. And the experiences, and of course, I make fun of it. You know, I don't act like it's the greatest thing in the world. I mean, I just, it really was a game changer for me. Jeannie was Miss North Carolina. So it's a great tool to help us learn stage work and, and just meet and greets and fashion and all of that stuff. But, you know, like I tell a funny story in the book about interviewing a girl, bless her heart, you know, bless her heart. And I asked her, um, does she have any special talents? And this was during the interview phase of competition. And she said, I do. I can write with my right hand and I can write with my left hand. I am amphibious. So I tell funny, <laughs> I tell <laughs> so I may kind of make fun of it too, but I also have life lessons. I learned about, again, the theme would be tapping into that best version of yourself. And I'm different from other speakers. When, when you ask them, like, I don't know if you heard Mary Kelly's presentation the other day, it was brilliant. We shared it on so many of our platforms, but she knows exactly what's going on in this economy. She studies it. That's not me. You've first got to find out the gift that you can bring. What is your gift? And don't run from it. Willie and I have said so many times we started out in singing and inspiration and we tried to run from it. And, you know, it grabbed us and brought us right back. So be granular with yourself. Who are you in the business? What talents can you bring? What experiences can you bring? And start writing and put it in your newsletter. Put it out there. I have two self-published books. That's so important because those are your calling cards. They are. And it's the best thing to do is say, hey, Susie Q, who's the you know executive director of whatever. I've been looking at your website. I understand you bring in humor or you bring in some inspirational speakers. I'm a singer. I've got a book. I'd love to send it to you. Let me know if you're interested. And you just keep massaging that relationship and reminding people, as Dave Gordon always says, till they buy or die. And <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're getting ahead. We're getting into tip number two. And I got some more questions about getting, no, I got more about getting that book done because I think there's a lot of people out there who want to write a book or they or they want to write a second book, but they're paralyzed because of they're not sure, you know, are they going to take the right steps and things like that. So you mentioned before that uh, Jeffrey Gittimer helped you come up with your with your subtitle for your book. How important is the title and the subtitle to getting that book out there and being able to use it as that marketing tool? It's huge. 
And that's where you go to Amazon and start typing in words that you want to see and see what other people have done and look at their graphics and see what pops. This girl named Savannah Lewis wrote a really funny book and she's from either Mississippi or Louisiana. And I listened to her book on tape. And as soon as I heard it, I went, I can do that. I'll write it about Charleston. I'll write it about John's Island where I grew up, my daddy's farm. And all of a sudden my, my head exploded with really funny stories about growing up South in the South and like why aunt Benny had a dead chicken on her ceiling. And it was the pressure cooker. Lord, you got to learn how to use a pressure cooker in the South, you know? So it, and I started thinking about the nuances of who I am and that people would read and go, Oh, I love this. I know exactly what you're talking about. So that's my crowd. And I think you got to find your people. Don't waste time throwing noodles that aren't done enough to stick. You know, I think I'm a noodle thrower. I'll give it a try. And if I'm not getting traction in that industry, it ain't going to work. I remember Robert Henry, whom I love, was Patrick's dad. He wrote a letter to all these people and sent his book out and all that. And he just said, if you don't want me, please let me know. And he called me. He said, I got about 20 rejection letters back. I did not want to read, but find <laughs> find that sweet spot and massage it and overly massage it. And like Connie Podesta always says, seed your speech with, hey, I've got this book I wrote. I've, it's perfect for this market. And let people also be your megaphone in that you've got that program. I did a program for years called Bare Feet to High Heels. I'd, so see, I did my keynote. And I bought a big chair, huge big chair and a high heel. And if I was local, I'd tote that big old high heel with me. (laughs) And so I kept trying to revisit that theme and just keep it going, not even knowing how vitally important branding is. Because people don't want to think. They just want to get it. You know, they just don't want to think. So that that was the first book. And again, Two self-published books that you can do whatever the heck you want with. When you get with a traditional publisher, that's when you got to be careful. So my last three have been traditionally published. And people say, why? It's because their arms are longer than mine. I've just got featured in a in a great magazine last week. Well, I couldn't do that on my own. They're look cracker barrels looking at this fifth book. I couldn't do that. But all of it, I told my editor, I said, girl, you sell books. I sell speeches. I want to get in front of people and I've already got pre-orders. I even got one. It looks like it's going to be about 6,000 books. That would be phenomenal. So you see, you just, you find that audience, you find your people, you write, write, write. That's how you become a good writer. You write. And then all of a sudden, when you get your idea, you start pulling those stories in and you start thinking now, what value can, what takeaways do we have here? How can I create this online program? How can I create? So you completely revamp in your, in your multimedia, you just keep it themed and varied, like funnel down. And what comes out of the tip of that funnel is that incredible book that is your, like you said, Tom, it's your calling card. So one more question on getting the book done. You said something I wanted to go back to because there's two schools of thought. You said you look for and read and listen to other books that are similar to your area of expertise. There are some people who would give the advice in the National Speakers Association and beyond that never look at a book in your industry because you don't want to be influenced by it or or whatever. And I've heard both schools of thought. Why do you think it's so important to delve into what's out there in my space? Because you have to look and see what's working. 
You look at the speaker who's doing what you do want to do. Bet I looked. I studied Jeannie Robertson. I studied her hard because I loved her theater shows, and I've started doing some of that myself. I loved her books, all of that. Jeannie helped. She was like a mentor to me. And I never copied Jeannie, although I did tell one of her stories one time that we quit that real fast. And <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't a member. I didn't know you. Don't, and I didn't say it happened to me. Let me just disclaimer. But um, find somebody who's super successful doing what you want to do. And that's what you do. We always just check out people's websites and go, wow, what am I missing? So look at what they're doing with their books. I know so many people I know. Um, was it Bill Backrack has an incredible online learning system he was talking about at one of our CPAE meetings, and it was super impressive. So he's created a whole career online with his books. Now, mine are funny and it's in person mostly because I do I do virtual Tom, but I don't love virtual. Now, let me give you another little tiny tip about writing a book. OK, I decided my sister had breast cancer. OK, so I wrote this little book. It's called my second one. It's called What Tatas Teach Us. OK, <laughs> it's, it's an ana- it's anatomy and an analogy. And I think it's clever. I do. I've got some interesting reviews on this book. But, I use this when breast cancer awareness comes around. I'll call TV stations and say, hey, I've got a I've got a book I wrote and I raised money for breast cancer. So that is another positioning. Not only do you help the cause, but you give traction to what you bring to the platform and what you can do for your audience members. So if you have a philanthropic part of you that you know you can write and maybe make money that gives you traction too i've been on several television shows because of this book right and then you can use the television appearances even though you're talking about breast cancer and and that book to position yourself as as seen on tv because you do this other stuff for corporations now one thing because you're a humorist this is kind of off our topic but i do want to go into this sometimes you hear people say well that type, not whether it's humorous or other, that type of speech isn't what people want anymore. I hear this advice all the time when somebody says, oh, I do this. They go, oh, well, that's not what's there. And sometimes we hear that about humorous and yet humorists are still working. What do you think it is about uh, uh, diving in and, and embracing who you are and not being like, oh, well, this is a dead area and moving on to something else? What is it about diving in and saying, nope, they're still hiring humor? You, you answered it. Those people... No, I, I think that's the biggest lie in the world. I think there have been so many people in NSA have said there is an audience for everybody. It's your job to find it. So I find my people and I know and I'm not hoping not stepping on toes saying this, but I've been through a lot of the sensitivity and I and it's helped me a lot positioning myself and don't say this, don't say that, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Here was my takeaway. Find your people. Find your people that may think a little story that I tell is funny. I made the mistake of going up north and telling a story people didn't get. And that's fine. That's like they pop my hand. Good. Hand pops are good. They teach us a lot of stuff. So note to self, don't tell that in a different part of the country. (laughs) That dog's not going to hunt point. Get off the porch. So you have to find your people. And and the money will come. It might not come in the you, we look at other speakers, Tom, and go, oh, they're killing it with that book. I need to go look in that audience. No, you stay in your lane and massage that lane. I mean, who is it? Ron Culberson says this. He said he works nonprofits. He loves nonprofits. Well, that doesn't mean he's making it hand over fist. 
but he just loves nonprofit work. So that's cool. That's awesome. He found his spot. I do agriculture. Do they pay a ton? No, not historically. I do education. You know, do they pay? No, but I can nail it in front of them because they get me and I get them. I mean, I was told I was dyslexic. See, that's another thing. Look at all your warts. Write about your warts. People love wart stories. <laughs> they love people to be honest about themselves. The first thing I do on the platform is I get on their level. I don't want them to think there's the speaker. You know, I want to be a person to them. And all of that goes into the beauty of pre-selling your book. <laughs> and that's another thing. It's the calling card to sell before the speech. And it works. It really works. So I want to jump into that second tip now, and that is get your book in the hands of the decision maker. And I know you were relentless about this, and I know you learned this lesson and you just continuously get that book out there. But so many people write a book, maybe they do a book launch, and then they don't really do anything with the book itself as far as getting it out into people's hands. Why is it so important that you're sending that book to the decision maker? Because you're reminding them of what you can bring to them and you keep letting them know and people forget. How, how many meeting planners? And see, I call. I, I'm sorry. That's the art of the, the spoken word is lost. You got to pick up the phone. Mary Kelly talks about that. Um, Meredith Powell talks about that. Pick up the phone and connect. I did that last week. You know what? I was talking to this girl from Alabama and she had just not, she was not having a good life. She just wasn't. And something told me to call her one more time. She had changed and I figured out what happened. She got a divorce. She's so happy. <laughs> and so, um, you know, she was just a different person. And I said, you know what? I've been talking to you periodically through the years. I said, I would love to send you my sweet tea book. And I said, I do a really cute speech based on this. She said, oh, you've got another book. Oh, she was a different person. So what I'm saying is I know that this crowd will love this book and you can use this book, the new book to revisit old clients that, you know, you just did great. And they loved you. Call them up. Say, golly, y'all got the best news. I've got another book. I've got a new program buzzword new program because my new program is called of course sweet tea secrets from the deep fried south and they know me already they have new people coming in i have a new program so it's it's a marketing tool like no other and being an author gives you credibility in the marketplace when you can add author published author, write for magazines, write, write, write. Now, when you are traditionally published, they do not like repeats. So that's the beauty of a newsletter because you can glean out some of those stories and put it in the book, but be very careful where you get your material from too. And also make notes as you write, this could be an online course. This could be a handbook. This could be something that I can write yet another book, make notes. Cause we forget, we get so grand, so invested in writing. We forget the power of what we're writing. So you're spending time cultivating relationships, calling these people, talking to these people, and then you're saying, can I send you my book? You're not just blanketly sending out 2,000 books. That goes in the trash. Right. It has no value. And I mean, I, I have the A list. You know, I was taught in the marketing world, NSA taught me, you have your A, B, and C list. Your A-listers are your ringers. They're just absent. And here's another thing. When I released my fourth book, it was called Rhinestones on My Flip Flops. 
<laughs> and I did some really clever marketing with that and got on a, a, a talk show. I flew to New York and did my own tour with Hachette, which Hachette's a very good publishing house, but I was kind of like a little baby publisher and book person. But I sent out, <laughs> this is another thing how you can get traction, not only for speeches, but I, I bought flip flops. And I wrote notes on the back of flip-flops, and they were so impressed with it. With this other book, Sweet Tea, I'm seeing there's some Charleston bags of, of tea that's, that's in a package. So I'm sending out and they say, read the book and enjoy a sip of Charleston tea. So it's all congruent to the message of just being the best of you. And then I think about, and I'm a three-person thing, and I know everybody says three, three points in a poem, but there's still people that like three points in a poem. I'm sorry. I call it three points in a song. But I talk about what is it that I can bring to your group? I'm doing one this week. And where am I going? I'm going somewhere in Georgia. And so I talk about to be successful in life. This is from the book. It's really not from the book, but I'm pretending it is. So you have to be seasoned. What is that? That's wisdom. Now, underneath that category, what's a good story about being wise? Okay, I met a 92-year-old woman. I said, how are you so old? And she said, I live by a verse of scripture. And I said, what is that? She said, and it came to pass. <laughs> I said, that's it? She said, that's in the Bible 737 times. Well, I wrote it down immediately. I love that. She said, and things will happen and things will pass. And you know, Tom, I had to cancel last week because my husband had a blood vessel burst in his head from an inversion table. Okay. I kept telling myself, this will pass. And it came to pass. I love that. So I'm using that. I will use it in a new book. I will use it somewhere. And, then and I just want to add, and, and it was, we rescheduled to do this interview today. And I'm glad your husband is doing better. That's, that's really Thank good Thank you news. very much. We were in the hospital and I kept hearing, we have an ambulance coming in. <laughs> it kept blaring stuff in the hall. We was there for four days. He's a lot better. Thank the Lord. But anyway. So, something tells me he, he needs to be aware that he'll be a story in your next book. Oh my gosh! I got so many, so many new material, so much new material. The homeless man next door that gave me fashion tips—I fell in love with him. That's Abraham. But anyway, so you just keep collecting and collecting and collecting as as a speaker. So you can have a speech. So so we got your seasoned. Okay, what's the next thing? The next thing is steeped. What is that? Who are you, Tom? Who am I? Are we really the best of us? Yes. My parents taught me: be yourself, be yourself. That sounds so simple, but be yourself. Doggone it. And that's in the, a speaking tip. Be, be who you are. You will burn out. I get up every Monday going, yay, I get to do something today with my business. And that leads to the third tip. Be steamed. Is that angry? No, it's energized. What gives you passion? So I've got to be wise, be who you are, and be excited about what you do. And that's just a generic lesson for everybody. You know, so that's what I bring to my people through the book. Nice. And they love that. So your book came out last week, and so yes. now I'm sure that you're in, in Double Drive using the book to market your speaking. What are you doing right now, and what will you be doing for the rest of April, May, June, July, and beyond to make sure that you're using this book to get on more stages? I made a video, first thing. I made a video, and I talked about the book, and I talked about the fact that it is not just a book, it's a speech. And I'd love to share it. And I've been, I've been pushing it out to different clients. I know they're interested and I'm right now I'm, I'm booking stuff out because this is the way the business is. And we're still kind of in the seesaw of, yeah, we want an event and we hope we can get the people there type thing. So we're still on the seesaw a little bit, but I'm just, I'm priming the pump and I'll be sending out the book. I'll be sending links. I'll be sending um, little bags of tea to people say, don't forget me when you sip on your sweet tea, you know, so 
I will continue to market, continue to reach out, continue to do. I'm doing this. I did a Facebook Live last week and uh, I did hire a publicist this time. And they're telling me this book could really be in some cool places. And I'm hoping it can. That I mentioned Cracker Barrel, possibly. We're just hoping that that's going to happen. So um, I've got a good publisher with the long arms. And she, finally, when she said, so you're not interested in selling books? I said, sweetie, I'll sell the books. <laughs> but I make my money from the speeches. You just don't make money from books unless you're someone with a national television show. Right. Just like I met Shannon Bream on Fox News. She's the sweetest girl. And I was on a, a, a program with Shannon and with um, a couple of those other. I can't remember the names. Anyway, she told me they just come to her and say, you got an idea. We'll make you a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> so she's on TV every night. Well, for the so rest for the rest of us. Who are listening? Probably the ones who are. Li- I don't know if Shannon Bream listens to my podcast. She should. If you know Shannon, let's get her on Speakernomics. However, I will tell you, I will tell you that uh, for the rest of us, our phone isn't ringing with publishers going, "Hey, you got an idea?" So, so you're right. We have to be the ones who are responsible for for putting it out there and, and doing all those things to to really push it and and get out there. So, last last sort of thought here. Do you have any last thoughts that you wish all speakers and authors knew about combining their book? I love your idea of, hey, it's a uh, it's a book, but it's also a speech. It's also a program. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's this. So the other thing that I just thought of is you can start doing this before your book is written because I'm going into this new book project. I figure it's a 12 to 18 month project to finish the book. I'm starting now to use the new theme of that book by telling people I'm writing my 13th book and here's what it's about. And I already have the speech and I'm getting traction with it. Do you think that that's something that authors should do is if you haven't got the book done, start telling people the books in progress. Will that help? Oh, absolutely. It gives you a reason to reach out. Anytime we can reach out and say, hey, just want to give you a heads up. By the way, would you like to be on my influencer team? I've got 30 people on my influence team. And by the way, not only do I want you to help me, and here's the goodie package that's going to come along with it. I have I have those folks right now helping me. But please share with your colleagues that this is a presentation and it's filled with blah, 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 blah. And so that's, that's what you want to do. And, and it, it, what it does, Tom, it creates excitement because I started probably two, three years ago pushing out, Hey, and I even went next door to a young girl that works at a jewelry store with Thomas's offices in our little town. I said, sweet tea. What? I said, Casey, look at me. You're in your twenties. Sweet tea. She said, secrets. We love secrets. So during the time, as you say, Tom, you can be talking to people and you can be saying, tell me a funny story that you like that I told. Um, And then you look in your books and be sure it's not already repeated in there. And you start putting these things in. It's like a puzzle. A book is like a puzzle and find that person that has your eyeballs and find that person who's very good with grammatics, pay them to do a good job and, and be sure to let folks know, Hey y'all, I'm pushing energy into my career because I got a book and it's a speech. 
And it works. I promise you, people love stuff like that. I, I, my third book was called um, Bury Me With My Pearls. And again, all these books have a passionate connection. The Tata book was my sister had breast cancer. The Barefoot, Bare Feet, High Heels book was the journey to Miss America and beyond. Um, Bury Me With My, I mean, uh, Rhinestones on My Flip Flops was just about growing up and using biblical characters, women. And it's not preachy. It's just funny. It's all Southern humor using biblical women. And the last book is, hey, I love my part of the country. So everyone I have a heart connection to. And every speech has that same heart connection. So when I get their talk, it's passionate. I'm truly steamed, so to speak. <laughs> well, we, we, we've got to wrap this up, but you, you dropped another okay. pearl of wisdom I want to go back to. And that is you talked to this young girl who works in a jewelry store. You didn't yes. just surround yourself with your bubble of friends who were your age or other speakers or NSA people. You went outside and said, hey, here's what I'm working on. How do you see it? And the woman helped you title her book. The other day I was talking, I was at a conference. I spoke at the same conference with Phil Jones, who was recently on Speakernomics about three or four weeks I ago. I love him. I love him his accent. <laughs> we all like his accent. Anyway, I was with him and we were talking about this new book project and he asked me the working title and I told him and he said, that's good. But what if it was this? And like yes. a bell went off in my head and I wrote it down. I bought the URL and now I have what is still going to be a working title, but probably the final title of the book. And I made it a module of a speech I gave yesterday. So it's nice. like everything fits together. So you're part about talking to other people and listening to what they say. And then if it resonates, not always, don't listen to everybody. If it resonates, make sure that you're not just living in your own little echo chamber. You're getting Can you outside tell us ideas. What the title is? I'm interested now. You got my curious up. It's called a stronger inner circle. Nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. You know, Phil, uh, I just love him. And anybody like Rory, all these people that know what they're talking about with books, even Larry, Larry Wingett, just, you know, and, and Jeffrey Gittimer, brilliant marketing person. So you do, you go outside of that bubble. If you don't, you're going to be stuck in the same cycle of, oh, gosh, I wish I'd done this. Oh, I'm not appealing to a, a different generation than mine. So, yeah, ask questions. And a lot of people, if you ask them, honey, they'll tell you. And I would put I would put stories out and I said, do you think this is a good speech story for my people on my on my my three different pages? They say, oh, yeah. You know what? Do you remember? Blah, blah. Like, no, I forgot that. That's awesome. So talk to people and get them involved in the process of creating your book that will be a speech. Nice. Well, Jane, it has been such a pleasure to have you on Speakernomics. Thanks for being with us. I loved it. Thank you, Tom. And thank you for doing this. Well, thank you. And thanks to everybody who joined in and listened. Do me a favor. Join us every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money and be more successful as a professional speaker. And then always remember the motto of this podcast. Speak. Get paid. Repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.